Making sure a business thrives is challenging, but sometimes the solution can lie right in the numbers. Uh, specifically, 37,000, 25, and 1. Now, these aren't just figures. They're a gateway to more visibility and decisive control in your business. Let's start with 37,000. That's the amount of businesses who've embraced NetSuite by Oracle, the ultimate cloud financial system revolutionizing accounting, financial management, HR, and beyond. And 25? That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do everything from accelerating financial closures to slashing operational costs. And every business is unique, making yours the one that matters. NetSuite offers tailored solutions to amplify your key performance indicators, all consolidated within one streamlined platform. Ready to optimize? Download NetSuite's coveted KPI checklist, engineered to elevate your performance consistently, absolutely free. Visit netsuite.com slash cbs now. That's netsuite.com slash cbs. Tonight, redactions and revelations. New details from the affidavit used to justify the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago. In a rare move, a federal judge releases the 38-page document with some sections heavily redacted. It explains why the Justice Department wanted to search former President Trump's home for classified documents. CBS's Robert Costa has all the new information. Stocks plunge. CBS's Nikki Batiste on who and what spooked Wall Street. The battle over abortion rights. CBS's Caitlin Huey Burns has one woman's story after a doctor said her pregnancy was likely not viable. The only thing that could replay in my head was I was carrying my baby to bury my baby. The countdown begins. NASA prepares for a return to the moon, this time with much bigger ambitions. CBS's Mark Strassman reports tonight from the Kennedy Space Center. We want to ultimately end up on Mars. As many kids head back to school, more and more parents are turning to homeschooling. CBS's Chris Van Cleve shows us why. And CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Major Garrett in for Nora. Tonight, New details from the partially redacted affidavit used to authorize the FBI search of former President Donald Trump's Florida home. One of the significant concerns, according to the affidavit, was that no space at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home was authorized for the storage of classified material. Investigators using distinctly bureaucratic language said the records were unfolded with and intermixed with other records and otherwise improperly identified. Now, as expected, this affidavit was heavily redacted, with just 37 percent of the pages having no redactions. 34 percent of the pages were partially redacted, while 29 percent of this affidavit was totally redacted. In other words, completely blacked out. The affidavit argues a search of Mar-a-Lago was necessary due to the highly sensitive material found in boxes recovered by the National Archives back in January. And we have a lot of news to get to, and CBS's Robert Costa will start us off from West Palm Beach, Florida. Robert, good evening. Good evening, Major. Despite the heavy redactions, there are striking new details in this affidavit. It is outlined in gravely serious terms as the Justice Department explains why it searched former President Trump's Florida home 18 days ago. The redacted affidavit reveals that of the 15 boxes of government records Donald Trump brought with him to Mar-a-Lago and ultimately returned to the archives in January, 14 had classified documents. Some, including sensitive information derived from government informants, critical to U.S. intelligence gathering. 
That is the linchpin of the entire affidavit. We are talking about materials that could kill people, as well as, of course, reveal sources and methods really undermine our national security. In total, investigators found 184 documents with classification markings, including 67 documents marked as confidential, 92 marked as secret, and 25 top secret. The documents labeled HCS, referring to human confidential sources, stood out to former acting CIA director Mike Morrell. The ones that are most concerning to me are the, are the ones that were marked HCS, um, which is a marking that indicates that information was derived from um, CIA spies overseas. The affidavit underscores the alarm about the possible vulnerability of Trump's waterfront property. A Secret Service source tells CBS News that it is a private club with protection but limited background checks. The affidavit goes on to provide a glimpse into the Justice Department's sources and who might have witnessed potential criminal activity at Mar-a-Lago, noting the department spoke to a significant number of civilian witnesses. In order to protect them from intimidation or from being publicly outed, the Florida federal judge and federal prosecutors agreed on the extensive redactions. The FBI agent who wrote the affidavit also said there was probable cause to believe that evidence of obstruction will be found at Trump's property, as well as contraband, fruits of crime, and other items illegally possessed. Trump and his Republican allies remain frustrated with the search and with the Justice Department. His spokesman today saying the affidavit was overtly political. Former Trump intelligence official John Ratcliffe spoke to CBS's Catherine Herridge. The unsealing of this today isn't going to do much to, again, tamp down the, the chaos, the, the confusion. And tonight, sources tell CBS News that some members of the intelligence community will soon begin assessing whether their sources were compromised based on what this investigation has revealed so far. Major. Bob Costa, thank you. Now to the economy. Wall Street ended the week with its worst day in months. The Dow Jones fell more than 1,000 points. All three major indexes were off more than 3%. The sell-off began after Fed Chair Jerome Powell delivered a stark warning about the future of interest rates. Here is CBS's Nikki Batiste. The pain on Wall Street was felt tonight after this blunt assessment from the Fed Chair Jerome Powell. While higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer labor market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to households and businesses. These are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped just over 1,000 points. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ were even deeper in the red. Powell said it will take some time before inflation is under control and warned the U.S. economy will suffer. The Fed has already increased interest rates four times this year as inflation drops slightly from its peak of 9.1 percent in June. Still, costs for food, gas and other necessities remain high. The only way to bring down inflation is to reduce demand given the supply constraints. Randall Krosner is a former member of the Federal Reserve's Board of Governors. And so the Fed still needs to try to bring inflation down closer to its 2% goal so that Americans don't have to focus as much on worrying about high, high prices and prices going up. Um, but it's going to be painful in getting there. Powell said today how much the Fed raises interest rates at its next meeting in late September, whether one half or three quarters of a percentage point will depend on inflation and jobs data. Major. Nikki Batiste, thank you.
We turn now to the severe weather with strong thunderstorms hitting the northeast while heavy rains remain in the forecast for much of the Gulf Coast. So let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis from our partners at the Weather Channel. Mike, good evening. Major good evening. Significant storms are racing across the northeast this evening. Those storms could contain some very gusty winds in excess of 60 miles per hour and brief tornado touchdowns. The good news is those storms push their way out over the Atlantic over the weekend. A much improved forecast, but more rain coming for the southeast. So places like Jackson, Mississippi could see the Pearl River go even higher after historic rain this week. Currently, the river sits at 33 feet, expected to go up to 36 feet, one of the highest crests on record in Jackson. There's the rainfall forecast another one to two inches coming for those locations with significant rain through the weekend across Florida and then major we look at the tropics a disturbance coming through the Caribbean could have impact to land by the middle of next week. Mike Bettis thank you more than two months after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade the fight over abortion rights dwindling in some states continues 11 states now have laws in effect that ban almost all abortions with few or no exceptions. CBS's Caitlin Huey Byrne spoke to a Louisiana woman who is now part of the national conversation. Nancy Davis has three children and planned for one more. We were elated um, that we were expecting another child. But happiness turned to heartbreak. Earlier this month, the fetus was diagnosed with acrania, a rare condition in which the skull doesn't develop. The prognosis is grim. Most are either stillborn or die soon afterwards. Doctors advised Davis to terminate her pregnancy, but Women's Hospital and Baton Rouge later denied her from getting the procedure. I was very heartbroken, um, and the only thing that could replay in my head was I was carrying my baby to bury my baby. Today, attorney Ben Crump pointed to Davis's case as an example of Louisiana's vague and confusing laws regarding which abortions are now allowed. Ms. Davis was among the first women to be caught in the crosshairs of confusion due to Louisiana's rush to restrict abortion, but she will hardly be the last. Louisiana is one of 11 states with the nation's toughest abortion laws, and other surrounding states have similar restrictions. The choice is to travel far or carry a fetus that's likely not viable to term. These last few weeks has been very traumatizing. Um, it's been very, you know, emotional. This is a hard decision for you. Very difficult decision for me. The Louisiana Department of Health says its guidelines are evolving and they're going to add a crania to its list of, of, of conditions that would allow for an abortion. But for Davis, that may come a little too late. She plans to travel next week to seek the procedure in another state. Major. Caitlin Huey Burns, thank you. Tonight, nearly 50 years after NASA's last manned mission to the moon, the space agency is gearing up for Monday's historic rocket launch, kicking off its new moon mission, Artemis One. CBS's Mark Strassman has more tonight from the Kennedy Space Center near Cape Canaveral, Florida. It's a great sight seeing that Artemis vehicle on the pad. By the hour, Monday morning grows bigger, like a waxing moon for Charlie Blackwell Thompson and everyone at NASA. Can you give me an update on the weather, please? Artemis One's launch director will give the go for liftoff. We have done a tremendous amount of testing here on the ground, and now it's time for the flight test. 
After launch, Artemis will rocket its crewless Orion capsule within 60 miles of the moon's surface. It will loop into a distant lunar orbit, reaching roughly 40,000 miles beyond the moon, the deepest space ever for a capsule that could carry humans. 42 days after liftoff, Orion will splash down in the Pacific Ocean. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Think of Artemis as Apollo on steroids. Artemis II, scheduled for 2024, will be a crewed flyby of the moon. Artemis III, sometime later this decade, the first moon landing in more than a half century. We want to ultimately uh, end up on Mars. We want to keep uh, venturing deeper into space. And the moon is a perfect stepping stone. But Artemis costs sky high. Total dollars projected through fiscal year 2025, $93 billion. Monday's launch alone, more than $4.1 billion for a rocket NASA will use once. A lot of money. Paul Martin is NASA's inspector general, its in-house watchdog. That concerns us enough that in our reports we said we see that as unsustainable for the Artemis program. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson told us that over time those costs will come down for a space agency that has promised the moon and starting Monday hopes to deliver. Major? Mark Strassman, thank you. As students head back to class, not all are returning to a school building. Some are staying home to learn. During the pandemic, families that decided to homeschool in America, well, that number more than doubled. CBS's Chris Van Cleve reports tonight on some of the reasons why. The first roses of summer, guys. Class is back in session at the Snively family dinner table. Mom Valerie, a former teacher, is homeschooling her three kids outside Louisville, Kentucky. It's just really nice to have the freedom to be able to pick and choose what works best and um, things that work for the children's learning styles. Homeschooling in the Bluegrass State has surged 81 percent since 2018. I think there's quite a few reasons, to be honest with you. I feel like some of them are health related. Some of them are for religious purposes. Class sizes are getting bigger and unfortunately student learning is impacted. For Angie Blunk, it's about her granddaughter's safety. I just think about, you know, like like the shootings and things like that. Like, can you imagine the trauma? This increase isn't just happening here in Kentucky, but across the country where parents are choosing to homeschool their children. Since the pandemic, more than a million kids have left the classroom for the home. Where do you think this trend is going? I don't think it's going to go away. It's becoming more of a norm, I would say for black families. Black students are the fastest growing demographic, likely sparked by the pandemic, but many are not going back to the classroom. The Professor Cheryl Field-Smith studies homeschooling. It's the discipline, over-disciplining of our children. It's the low expectations for our children, the um, lack of access to gifted education. And so by homeschooling, it's a refuge because the kids are protected from that kind of a schooling environment. Heading back to school, nearly four million kids are expected to learn at home. Chris Van Cleve, CBS News, Louisville. An American has been killed fighting in Ukraine while Ukrainians prepare for possible nuclear fallout. That story in 60 seconds. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using rocket money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Russia claims it has killed an American who was helping to defend Ukraine. Russian authorities say the soldier was 24 years old and from Tennessee. The State Department would only confirm that a U.S. citizen has died in Ukraine. Also tonight, Ukraine says Europe's largest nuclear plant, which has been seized by Russia, is back online after a fire damaged power lines. President Zelensky, however, says the situation remains treacherous. His government has been giving out iodine tablets in case of nuclear fallout. Tonight, the U.S. Secret Service, which was actually created to fight currency counterfeiting, says it has returned to the government hundreds of millions of dollars in stolen COVID relief funds. The agency says $286 million that was meant to aid businesses back in the early days of the COVID pandemic was stolen by scammers using fake identities and dummy accounts. In tonight's Health Watch, Moderna is suing rival drug makers Pfizer and BioNTech, claiming they copied its technology when developing their COVID vaccines. Both COVID shots use mRNA technology, which Moderna says it pioneered. Pfizer says it will vigorously defend itself against these allegations. And CDC Director Rochelle Walensky says she's cautiously optimistic about what appears to be a downward trend in monkeypox cases across the country. Nearly 17,000 cases have been confirmed in the U.S. The CDC does note one troubling trend so far. Only about 10 percent of monkeypox vaccine doses have been administered to black people, even though they account for a third of all cases in the U.S. Have you ever felt like you needed a pep talk at the end of another long work week? CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road to discover, well, wisdom, it comes at any age. Here at Westside Union Grade School in Healdsburg, California, we found all the inspiration you'll ever need. Okay, one, Just hit two, record. Three. If you're feeling deflated, do what you like best. It reinflates you. As we first reported in March. Fabulous. Little unscripted motivational gems like that were collected and cataloged for this free telephone hotline. Hi, welcome to Pep Talk, a public art project by Westside School. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press 1. Go get your wallet and spend it on ice cream and shoes. Whatever your worry, they've got a solution. If you need words of encouragement, press 2. Be grateful for yourself. Whatever your insecurity, they'll restore confidence. If you need a pep talk from kindergartners, press 3. You the hotline is the brainchild of teachers Ashera Weiss and Jessica Martin. They thought family and friends might enjoy calling the number, but... There's no way you could have imagined what happened. No, it was very shocking. After we first told this story, Pep Talk started getting up to 60,000 calls per hour, roughly 5 million total to date, and counting. The kids also set up an advice booth and are now writing a book. It turned into a big thing. Spread all around the world. Miss Jessica is really good at making a hotline. I don't think it's her. I think it's you guys. 
Okay. People in our school did a great job. They sure um, did. You guys gave a gift to the world. Adults support children, but we don't really celebrate how much they support us. Mm -hmm. And to be able to be comforted by them gives us great hope that maybe we're all going to be okay. And if you ever One, doubt that, two, you know who to call. Be happy! Steve Hartman, Thank you, On the Road, so proud of you. in Healdsburg, California. Now, if you're in need of some inspiration, please head to our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages at CBS Evening News for more information about the hotline. Finally tonight, Mattel is out with the latest addition to its Barbie Inspiring Women series. Madam C.J. Walker is often cited as America's first self-made female millionaire, thanks to her successful line of hair care products and cosmetics specifically for black women, this in the early 1900s. She joins the likes of Susan B. Anthony, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Rosa Parks. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett in our nation's capital. Good night and have a great weekend. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts.